0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Toyota Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at Toyota Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. In a Mississippi Minute That's right Always good to keep Mississippi beautiful. That's what studio we are dwelling in right now. Today on In a Mississippi Minute, we're talking season five of the hit TV show The Voice with my pal Preston Pohl. What's up, Preston?
0: What's up, Azar? How you doing, brother? It's so awesome to be on here. I love this show. I'm always listening to what you're doing, and I'm happy to be on it. Oh, I Still love cool it. man. I, I love it. I love it.
1: Well, we're excited about having you in the Delta. You're one of everybody's favorites. When you get on stage, the place turns into a—it's another level of energy. Uh, yeah. You can tell you were born to do it, uh, obviously influenced by your folks.
0: Uh, my parents are great, great people, great people. They got married really, really young. They met on the school bus, I believe, in the eighth grade. My my dad's white, my mom is black, and uh, they just they were good friends in school and and uh, still together to this day. But yeah, they're great good people. My dad worked in the oil industry for many years, so I remember him being gone a lot. He worked for Halliburton and Pride Offshore. He'd be gone for two weeks and home for two weeks, and and it was a lot a lot of growing up with my mama really, and she's who taught me how to cook a lot because she was in the kitchen all the time, no matter what if she was working you know mm-hmm. she would still be cooking home cook meals and i'd be right there watching her doing everything she was doing but my dad you know he was really into music a lot he, he was always listening to records at the house heck both my parents were and i didn't even know that that was something i was interested in until um you know he started showing me pictures of my grandfather who i never got to meet because he passed unfortunately before i was born but he played the guitar and he all these pictures of him holding a Fender strat a Fender telly and all this stuff and it kind of just Turned my attention to that, and all my uncles play the guitar. And seeing I was actually tracking songs from Uncle Johnny uh, last night, so uh, you know, they I remember walking by a garage and a family get together and seeing all those guys playing playing some Leonard Skinner songs and stuff. And I thought that sounded cool, so they started to teach me. And I think I was eight years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. But my parents have always, you know, they've always been musically inclined. Actually, my dad's a great singer, and believe it or not, my mom is a drummer.
1: Right, let's she talk to about that. Drums. I gotta hear about yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom, uh, you know, the church that we grew up going to in Corpus Christi, Texas, they didn't have a drummer. And my mom was like, I'll do it. And and she started, she'd never played the drums before in our Come life. On. I never played it in her life. She started taking lessons and she was good. I'm telling you, I still got all the chest tapes. As you could see. And she would set up her, her V-drums at the house and practice, and you could see me running back and forth on the camera because I just wanted to be in the camera. But, <laughs> yeah, my mom, she plays the drums. I told her, I said, Mom, one of these days I'm going to get you on stage. And she just laughed, but what's going to happen? <laughs> wow.
1: Okay, so your mom. So she just decided just to pick him up?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. She just decided. There was a guy at the church. I can't, his name was Harold. He said, I'll teach you, and, and he sure did. He taught her, and she played drums for the next two years or something for that church, and she got wow. better and better and better, and then just walked away from it.
1: <laughs> I love it. So, So did y'all have like a two-year period where it was like the band house?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because I finally got my first guitar for Christmas, and my mom had the drums, and you know we, maybe we was going to be the next traveling family. Now that was never an option. <laughs>
1: the pole part, the Partridge Pole family.
0: Hey, wait a minute. So yeah, we're talking my about brother's Preston a Paul. great singer, too.
1: Oh, really? Does he professionally do it, or just...
0: Uh... Yeah, he's, yeah, well, he, he went to New York Film Academy. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple of Broadway shows under his belt up wow. there in New York, and he's uh, rehearsing and trying out for new ones right now. Oh, so he's how, a great singer. Oh,
1: so how old's your brother? Younger?
0: No, he's three years older than me. Um, but he went and chased his dream up in New York and, and found it. You know, he's a great piano player, great singer. So music just runs through our family, man. It really does. So it, it really does.
1: That's a beautiful thing. All right, so... Let's talk to your brother for a second. The difference in what he's going through uh on that side of the fence, theater, uh, versus what yeah. we what we do. You you notice yeah. any difference? Uh is it or is it pretty much the absolutely. same? Absolutely.
0: No, absolutely. See what we do, you know, I mean at least what I do <laughs> and I've seen you do your thing and it's incredible. But I don't want to throw you on the bus about and saying, I just need a beer and a guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like I just <laughs> that's what I want to do. Uh, give me a beer, maybe a shot of Jameson and a stage, and we're gonna have a good time. But my brother and what he does takes so much preparation because he's got to be on stage at a certain time, and and you know he's got his own lines, and he's working with somebody else. You know, we jam with the guys, and we get into in a flow of music, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. But these he's got to got a set mark. He's got to be on. You know, say this line here, belt out these notes here, and it's got to be so much more versatile. And you know, and that's what I told him. I said, man, I'm so proud of you because what you do. It takes a lot of hard work, people look at what we do, and they say it takes a lot of hard work, but you know Azar, once you reach a certain point Mm -hmm. of uh, musicianship, it's fun, it's another language for you, you know, but he doesn't get that opportunity, because whatever he's doing next is something completely new that he's never done before, you know, and that's different for us, because we get up there and do the same thing night after night and have a great time. Yeah, and so his craftsmanship is so awesome. I'm so proud of him.
1: Even if it's new material, it feels like old material to us. Now, I mean, I, I, don't, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that, like you said, our preparation is just different now. Now it's just like putting on even a new song's like putting on an old shoe, you know what I'm saying? It's just an old yeah, shirt a and, old or uncomfortable jeans yeah. or it just starts yeah. to especially when you start finding yourself. I mean and I know that's mm-hmm. a tough deal. When I was growing up, focus was my biggest issue. Okay, first of all, let me back up for a second. You know, I'm the Georgia Blue guy. Georgia Blue bourbon is incredible in vodka. So we're gonna we're gonna change your Jameson over to Georgia Blue. I'm Come gonna, on. I'm Let's gonna do convert it. you. And then that'll be your new thing. We'll, I'll give you that, but the Delta Soul before you go on.
0: <laughs> oh, I like it. I'll, I'm all about it. I'll do some Georgia blue. Let's go.
1: It's awesome. All right, so yeah, the the difference though is is with that. Okay, let's go back and let's talk about uh, little Preston. Were, were you because you're a good athlete, and I know I want to dig into the whole chef thing because you're legit. And uh, oh man, I was doing Passion. it for fun on Facebook because when I was sort of moving down, everybody thought, you know, uh, what's in the pot? I mean, I had people show up at my shows, like in Connecticut, that didn't even know I played music and said, we we thought you were just an online chef, and that's why we came. Huh. And then you I said, come on, you got to be kidding me! But oh, man. I do want to dig man, into your happy. skills because. They're mad, like I said earlier. But take me back to the little guy. Um, were there sports? Were there things that kept you occupied before music took over?
0: Oh, absolutely. So um, my older brother, who I was already talking about, he really, I tried to do whatever he was doing, you know, and he was a great, great athlete. Actually, he was first team off-state in the state of Texas for baseball in high school. And I was wow. first team off-state um I, I got second team i'll say wind up dropping out actually i remember when i dropped out it was a big deal because you know these little texas baseball magazines were like you know wow why is this guy passing this up because my brother had scholarships offered and stuff. But i loved it. i played football basketball baseball um all that stuff and man that was something really cool my brother was him only being three years older than me whatever i was the first when i made it to varsity baseball and he was in his senior year so we got to play. I mean, when I was a sophomore.
1: Got to play together. He was
0: a senior. We got to play together, which was really cool. We got a lot of VHS tapes and stuff, which I don't know how to play those anymore. We ain't got a VCR. <laughs> but we got a bunch of tapes and stuff. I was playing baseball together. But, uh, but yeah, I love sports. I still to this day love sports. I don't look it, but I'll trick some people on a race. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, the difference in – okay, first of all, baseball, what would you play? What position?
0: I played first base, and i tell you what Azar. are. I did not commit an error. My freshman and, and sophomore year, I did not have one error. I was doing the splits over there, all kinds of stuff. i got to bust out some of this footage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Were you? A, are you a lefty?
0: Yes, sir, left-handed. But I, I, I did switch it. I switch it, you know. Yeah, you I are left-handed.
1: Yeah, but you can switch it. You know, but being a first baseman, a lefty is a good thing.
0: It's- oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I loved Jeff Agwell growing up and all them dudes, you know, some of my favorite first baseman growing up. But, yeah, I played a lot of sports.
1: You guys have football, I heard, in Texas. Big deal?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it a Man, big deal?
0: I can remember. I remember I went to private school for a little bit, right? And uh, I, I remember thinking, like, um, I, I played football and did great. And when my brother graduated, I went to public school. And when I went to public school, it was a 5A school. So They're their school systems here in Texas, you know, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4 It was a 5A school, massive school, my graduating class. Had over 900 people, and I remember stepping on that football field to go to tryouts. It was like I was playing against the Houston Oilers. I said, like, "You know what? Y'all can have it. <laughs> y'all can yeah. have every spot." So yeah, it's <laughs> such a big deal here in Texas. In my stadium at Clearbrook High School, I want to say it sat like 5,000 people, and it, it would sell out every Friday night, and that's just crazy, man. That is
1: that's a, that's absurd. I mean, oh yeah,
0: every Friday night it would sell out, and so uh, uh, Nolan Ryan went to school around there, so he yeah. funded like. The, the baseball field and stuff, the baseball field looked like a triple-A stadium. Yeah. <laughs> and, and football, everything was just, everything was, was everything's bigger in Texas. You know how that goes, especially that 5A level. I had fun being around it, but once I got to public school, I kind of dropped out of that old sports thing because I just, that's when I really started to play guitar more and stuff also because my church, they had, um, I, well, church is big in Texas, too. I went to one of those big old uh, powerhouse churches. You know, we had 10,000 10, people on Sunday mornings, Walter Halls Industries. So I started playing guitar there, and I and I met my music mentor at that church. And uh, so I kind of started to leave sports at the side, and I still was working out and stuff, but guitar definitely took over around like 11th grade from here. So, I mean, music took over hard, and then I wound up getting my first record deal like a year later. Wow, we're <laughs> so talking to Preston Poe,
1: gold-selling recording artist. That's a hard thing to even hear these days. With nobody buying you know, records, and with iTunes now deciding they're shutting down down their shop, it's all about streaming these days. And we are uh, gonna have to uh, be able to keep rolling. You're in a Mississippi minute, coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with my man Preston Poe. We'll be right back.
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: We're rolling together, you and me, right here from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with my brother, Preston Pohl. Uh, I want to talk about how the Christian rock band got started And selling a a half a million records is not easy at albums these days. And it doesn't happen, really. So unless you're just super, super, superstar. um, iTunes, obviously, has announced that they're shutting down that side of things. Uh, They were the first ones to help us make money on that side. Now they've gotten it. You know, obviously, when Apple got into the streaming game, we knew that was going to come. It's all subscriptions these days. It's affected cable, the movie business, everything. But tell me about your rock band uh, and and how it was able to become so successful especially in the Christian world which is which by the way is a very viable uh economic uh way of making money in our business but you got to be all in and the music's yep. stellar man great artist I, I recently uh interviewed Amy Grant you know she got her start oh, nice. mostly obviously in the contemporary christian world and crossed over uh mm-hmm. but take take me back uh, how did all that go
0: down it was really um I got lucky with that, to be honest with you, because they were already a machine that was rolling. So what happened was I was playing, I had started a band in high school and uh, they had, there was a, a festival tour that was going on and called Festival um, Condeo, oh Festival of God or something. But uh, they had and it was a big christian festival tour and you know they would just it was just like anything else you go to like kids go to coachella and stuff like that this was like a christian version of it except it was a tour and they had a battle of the bands competition in each city to where if you know your band did good you got to play at six o'clock on main stage one song so my band tried out for this battle of the bands and we won you know and we got to play at six o'clock one song and there was about 10,000 people there and the The only gigs I'd ever done before that was with my friends, you know, in the garage. (laughs) So I was pretty daggum scared, but, you know, as something took over, it worked out, and we slayed it. I mean, people wanted another song, and as soon as I got off stage, there was a guy there. He said, hey, I managed this band called Story B. They're looking for a guitar player, uh, a lead guitar player, and somebody that can sing harmonies. I said, man, I, you know, I've got my thing going on. I'm feeling pretty good coming off stage. And he tells me, like, trust me, kid, this is something that you want to be interested in. They're about to be signed by Sony. You need to go meet with these guys, at least take my information. At the time, I was 16 years old, so, I, you know, I wow. didn't really have any say. I didn't have any say in it anyways. You know, I had to go talk to my parents about it and stuff. And they weren't going to let me do it. But they also needed a bass player, and the bass player in my band was my best friend, and like my music mentor who was about ten years older than me he's since passed away but um they said, "Well, we could use that bass player too, and if you guys come over, I think this band could really be ready to take off, and we'd never even met these guys before, so it was this weird piece together type of thing old school type of way, almost like you know yeah. the Disney Club how they would put all them people together and, <laughs> and you know make superstars out of. So I flew to Saint Augustine, Florida, and tried out with these guys. And at first, I was going to just be a touring person who didn't take pictures. I hired a gun who wasn't in pictures or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I started the whole time in the studio, I was singing harmonies as loud as I could behind the singer while they were working on. Come team.
1: on, so, you are! I love oh that. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I was just I was just right up on them singing harmonies like, Nah, man, y'all ain't gonna let go of me. You know, like I want to be in the band. And I started to write. some and at 16 years old, these guys were in their mid-20s, and I was usually young, and they had problems with that. You know, oh, you're too young, man, turned 17, uh, and uh, what? I initially told the dude that I was 18 years old uh, in Texas. That's how I even got there. Of course you did. Of course you did. So, so, um, <laughs> so we get there, and uh, I just tell them the truth on everything, and they took me to breakfast the next day, and I thought they were going to kick me out, and they said, how would you like to be the fifth member of this band? And I was like, yes. You know, and it, it worked out, and the next week I was playing at <laughs> That's, that's Cur Memorial Arena opening it up for jars of clay. okay, and that's you know, crazy of...
1: that's insane yeah. and, and that's, in, that's a, a true mark of your character that you wanted that. I mean that's a good example for anybody growing up. I mean, I think that our generation, and you're younger than me, but it's good to hear that, yeah. but it's uh even in my time, we did some crazy stuff that I look back and if you if you saw yourself doing it first. Like, you know what I mean? You wouldn't do it because it's nuts because we'd do anything for the love of what, you know, love of the game, of our game. Oh,
0: absolutely. I remember sitting in the living room when I got back, the first time I got back, I told my parents, I said, hey, I really want to do this, which would mean I would have to drop out of high school and all these things. And they were against it at first, and I just looked, and this was probably a tough line from a parent to hear, but I looked at my dad and I said, if you want to rob me of my dreams right now, you go ahead and do that, but I'm probably going to leave, like, and I did. I sold my guitar and I sold my amp and I never went back. And I have a great relationship with my parents. Don't get me wrong. They supported me through stories I'd be when We weren't making money at first. They would send me money every month and stuff so I could eat and stuff like that. You know, and they took care of me and they supported it. But, you know, I kind of had to escape to do it. But once I did and they saw that it was something legit and they saw our, our CD and Walmart and Target and Best Buy and saw it climb the charts and we had a big spread in Billboard Magazine and you know, I took them into Starbucks and I got that Billboard Magazine and I said, look, and there we were, you know, hot contemporary artists coming up on the charts. And they did a full spread on us and stuff. And that's when it started to set in for them and for me, too, really. We didn't have nothing, I didn't have anything going on. You know, I didn't know how to save money and stuff. And we made good money, but I didn't know how to save it. So yeah. I started doing bar gigs. And sure enough, you know, and whenever you were in the Christian industry, you're not really advertising that you're playing at Scarlett O'Harris and there's two for one draft beers <laughs> that like You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I would go play there in front of 12 people. You know, and people will kind of be like, "There's something different about this dude." You know, yeah. but you know, you know there would still be 12. So at the age, like 21 to 24, I did that. I was doing the thing in the in the bars and, and playing six nights a week and, and four hours a night. And you know, I did it. Yeah, I just did it backwards. You know, and it kind of took some humbling it was a humbling experience for me right. to do that, to go from playing arenas and these big festivals and being sponsored by PRS and Messer Boogie and all this stuff to go play these little right. bars where people didn't give a crap about any of that, you know, and it kinda I needed that to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. With that that uh the the garage door opener, you had a garage door and you had three walls and uh and man it got you ready i don't know we're talking to preston pole all right preston in in my time on the road i had some tragedy you had tragedy in a band right
0: oh yeah
1: absolutely can you talk about uh, it or
0: are you you? oh yeah 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 honestly we would i i think that we would probably still be a band to this day if it didn't happen our bass player who was who was my best friend absolutely ron mcclellan jr great man great man of god and and uh and and not over that top man of God, you know, he'd sit down and have a beer with you and have a good time and stuff, but you know, when it came down to, to be there for somebody he was always there. And, uh, we were on break from being on tour. We were at that time we were doing about 200 dates a year. So while uh, we were home, we were just home You know, I wasn't a family man. I wasn't married or nothing. No, I was home. I was hanging out fishing, you know, doing a lot of fishing, surfing, stuff like that. Cause we lived in Florida. Well, him and his wife went on a cruise and he told me, he said, Hey man, uh, uh, yeah, they had two dogs, and I'd known them dogs since they were puppies. And they were big labs, kind of mean, didn't really like people, <laughs> but they knew me. So he said, "Hey, whenever I'm out of town, do you mind uh, watching the house and the dogs for me and Rebecca while we're gone? We'll be gone on the cruise for a week." I said, "Absolutely, Ron." Dropped them off at the cruise and uh, and uh, just went to the house and was watching their stuff. And about three days later, our tour manager called me, and and Ron had a big old house, and so we kept our merchand. He had a three car garage, so we kept our merchandise in our, in his garage. Mm-hmm. and uh, and he said my tour manager called and he said I need you I, I'm going to come count some merch and I said man that's really weird we don't go back out on the road for a while why is he doing that right now and we showed up and I opened up the door he had tears in his eyes and, and I knew something was up then and he said we lost Ron today and you know, I was like what do you mean lost him like what do you mean let's find him you know I was in shock I yeah. was like oh he passed away we're never going to see him again and I lost it, man, because that guy was really my backbone for everything. He was the only reason why I, was, I even went to Florida, you know, and yeah. he taught me a lot about music and a lot about just being a man. And that was in 2009.
1: What happened? And we were having,
0: uh, well, he was playing basketball on the cruise. And this guy, I'm telling you, Azar, was in great shape. And you see it in Afri- African-Americans a lot for some reason. They'll just, you know, have cardiac arrest and drop, and he had some kind of disease wrong with his heart that like he didn't even know Hank about. big
1: Gathers back in the day. or Yeah. You know, yeah,
0: God, Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. So he was playing basketball on the cruise and just dropped dead on the cruise. His wife came back from shopping, and he was gone. Oh. You know, so, and it was a big deal when he died, man. We did... A lot of funerals for three funerals in uh, one in his hometown of Detroit, one in Jacksonville, one in Houston. And it was, it was crazy. I can remember watching CNN and the little ticker on the bottom, they were announcing that he had died. And I was like, well, my best friend really passed away.
1: His impact was was that great, right? He was the centerpiece of the band.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, he was the smile, he was the presence, he was everything. And and anybody will tell you that the new Ron McClellan, that guy walked in the room and it would light up, you know, and, and full of joy. And he would talk to anybody. It didn't matter. And I, I miss him to this day. All I really do. That I know. Was 2009, I still talk to his sister a lot. She's my sister now, you know. And, um, and uh, it was tough times. But through that, you know, I, a lot of other things in life came that wouldn't have happened for me. You know, I wouldn't have done the voice. And, you know, I wouldn't have got a pub deal. I probably wouldn't have... There's a lot of things I wouldn't have done. I probably wouldn't be. Honestly, I wouldn't. And I wouldn't know you. Probably, I would be coming to. No, no. You know, all this your, has
1: been. All this stuff is. It all happens for a reason. And I guess if we yeah. can, if you can look at the positives later on, uh, all the people you meet in your life, and that you, the, the people that you positively affect and give joy to, and the people you meet that do the same for you. That's you know that that keeps us going. It keeps us growing. Absolutely. Keeps us in the game. We're talking to my man Preston Pope. Okay, look, you got your Friday night lights there. I know you do. But we've got, we're the birthplace of American music. Would yes, you sir. like to hear a little Mose Allison or Bobby Gentry? Bobby.
0: Give me some Bobby. I love that.
1: Talking to Preston Pole, You got to check out his music for all you guys that are streaming out there and you can't purchase anything anymore. So just check that out. <laughs> Turn it up. He's the man. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Let's keep Mississippi beautiful right here on Super Talk FM. Little Bobby Gentry. Here's your watch- uptown and i guess she did
0: in a mississippi minute with steve azar right here on super talk mississippi
1: rolling in a rocket keep mississippi beautiful studios I'm Steve Azar. I am with one talented Preston Pole. All right, let's talk about first of all your version and your take and experience on the Voice, your time with Adam Levine. Just you know, give me, give me in a nutshell how all that went down.
0: Man, that was a, that was that was a really good time. You know. I, I didn't want to do it. I I didn't want to at all. They tried to get me to do three seasons in a row. They tried to get me to do uh, two, three, and four, and I finally said yes on five because I knew some people that were working on the show and stuff. And I'm coming from somebody who got his first record deal in 2003. I still believed in that process of an A&R guy going out. Yeah. I didn't believe in singing a cover on TV and it being popular and doing your thing. But, you know, the more I saw the music industry change, I felt like my hands were kind of tired. I said, heck yeah, I'll do this show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I did it, and I'm so grateful that I did because it completely relaunched my career, and now I've got Friends for Life. And what was really cool, and you, to take back, and you were talking about being humbled. I remember, you know, I was doing all these bar bar gigs and like, man, this is stupid. This ain't for me. Like why am I doing this? I need to be back doing bigger things. And 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 usually and you know this. Where you're from, yeah, I mean, most of the time, where you're from, you're the baddest dude. Like, oh, that's Azar, or this is such a, that's a great singer. This dude runs this, you know, does this. And that's how everybody was at The Voice, and that's how it was when I was singing in St. Augustine. Like, oh, I'm the dude of St. Augustine. Yeah, I ain't nobody, you know. But when you got to The Voice, everybody that you met was that person right. from where they were from, you know. Everyone was that person. And so everyone was super talented, super good. You know, you had some kids on there running around that, you know, they were 16, 17 years. I think I was 24, or 25 when I did it, maybe 20. Twenty-seven, actually. Mm-hmm. But you got kids running around there that were really excited, which was cool to see. I didn't really hang out there and then because the voice they buy out an entire hotel. So the whole hotel is people there for the voice. And so, you know, people are meeting each other and stuff. I kind of stayed in my room and played PlayStation and all that. But <laughs> once you met all the, I really did, because there was a no drinking rule until finally we stood up in one of the meetings and was like, can the adults drink? What's going on here? And as soon as I said yes, that's where everyone was every night. But, uh, you know, it was a real humbling experience for that because you'd be walking down the hallway and see, here's some Everybody singing and be like, "Holy crap! I can't sing like that. Like, <laughs> what am I doing here?" You know what I'm saying? Look, like, me, I me and you may have sing.
1: started local, but we wanted, we wanted to win not only a national championship, we wanted to be number one in the world. <laughs>
0: you know exactly. That's, exactly. That's so I've been, I saw all those people. It's my competition. You know, and I said that kind of stuff in interviews, and they didn't quite take liking to it no try again say say this you know they all right cool no
1: you two i can first of all you two have both incredible energy like i mean like you know well we all i don't know if they call it whatever it is they say we have i personally think that you and me people like that we can all multitask i think we can do 11 things at one time and do them right of course they call it add or whatever it is they call it i don't i don't know if i agree with that all i know is i've seen the energy he has up close and personal i've seen yours Reminds me a lot of each other. So I could have seen yeah, y'all just being in heaven together.
0: Yeah, we got we got along really well, man, and did a lot of laughing. And we'd sit down and start your writing sometimes, too, to the points where the producers would legitimately be mad and be like, all right, we've got to film something here. You know, because we <laughs> were just naturally having a good time. But once we would finally film something and, and everything, it, it worked out. But, man, just the relationships that I had on that show. Ray Boudreaux, who I met on there, yeah, my friend I want Barry to talk Black, a lot of people. And, and, you know, Ray was on the same season as me, so we would be kicking it all the time, all the time. And then once the producers were kind of smart, once they saw that me and him were friends, they let us sing a song together live on like a Friday night or something. And that was one of my favorite experiences, you know, because they make that studio it's ready to go. So it was yeah. like, you know, it, it, was, it was a good time. But the voice did a lot for me. It really did. I, I don't mean to knock it as far as not wanting to do it. I'm really happy that I did it. And, and that NBC family, they took care of me good. I signed a contract with them and did all their red carpet stuff for five seasons after that. some people are always like, what is that? So I would put on my red carpet voice. Say, for instance, I'm staying there. I see Pharrell. I'm like, hey, Pharrell, what's going on, man? Tell me who's singing what tonight and why do you have the advantage? Or what would you choose that for I'd do all that red carpet stuff before they were going, you know. And yeah, so that was a lot of fun. So I made a lot of connections like that. But it was just, it was really surreal, to be honest with you. And, and back then, the voice was really, really rolling high, too. Our season won a couple of Emmys. And it was like uh, it was just a surreal experience to be working on Universal, and, and then to be able to do it for years after that was cool. But I'm happy to be done with it. I didn't want to turn into like a Nick Cannon. I'll take his money, but I, did, I still yeah. want to be an artist. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not quite ready to be having a microphone talking yet. You know, so it's coming though. I got some music coming. I'm really excited. I, love, I want to it. talk
1: about that. Okay, well, I talked to Ray uh, Boudreau about you y'all's relationship you know just it was easy it happened easy and you guys just sort of gelled
0: oh yeah man you know there's not that many people there that's from the south and get those wonderful ways you know the southern comfort that goes a, a far a long way you know and, and East from louisiana and i'm from texas and most of the people that were there from, was from like you know new york and massachusetts and nothing wrong with those places but we just got a different beat you know and so me and Ray just jailed. I mean, all we did all we had to do was start talking about Boudin and Crackling. Oh and yeah. Well like, oh, come we, on, are you we kidding can be me? friends? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can yeah. be friends. Yeah, we and can And then be we friends. played Yeah, we wound up playing Mardi Gras together. We had our own float during Mardi Gras. and that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I just kept jumping off the float and running and grabbing like deer sausage and stuff from people's tents and, and everything and that was not even that was months after we got eliminated from the voice and we've been good friends since. I'm actually doing some stuff with some shows with him in Lafayette. Um uh, right after I see you over at the Delta Soul. I
1: knew about that. So I told him, I made the comment, why didn't y'all make like a, at least like a did a, a few songs, an EP or something together? Because y'all seem to just really, on stage, it just seems to work. It's a, a lot of yin and yang, but yeah. but full of a big old bucket of soul. And, 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 oh, yeah. And you're, you're different, but it fits so well. I'm just wondering like why y'all haven't done that. You know, these days you should put it out, you know? Y'all should do
0: Yeah, that. you're so right about that. You could just put anything out now. You know, you really yeah. can. You don't have to go through somebody or you know get this stamped and approved and all this crap i mean we could really just put up something cool and that's a good idea i'm gonna have to hit him up on that hey listen listen to this I, you'll
1: love this this is crazy uh my engineer who you know he's big he's grammys emmys all that mills logan he's awesome but he is so upset at me right now because i went and did this live show i was in fable arkansas i think a couple hundred people intimate storytellers right quiet mm-hmm. here, pin drop all that wonderful night very moving night well they they asked whether they could they film it so i said yeah they had brought a guy and he really knew what he was doing and he had the mic on the camera and he filmed it well there was a, so much enthusiasm especially for this one song that i wrote called uh that i've been testing out called only a woman and uh it's funky and it's whatever and so i felt like i nailed it but the bottom line is the crowd loved it and they were into it well i went back and and listened to it first and it was in mono. So what? Uh, and so I loved oh, no. it. In the video, I got my son to, I said, well, you just piece it together. He goes, there's nothing to piece together. I'll just color it. And, you know, and so we're putting it out. I'm putting it out uh, pretty soon. But the bottom line is when I sent it, sent it to my engineer, I said, hey, can you make this sound as good as you can? He goes, where are the other tracks? It's a mono thing. And he flipped out. I said, look, dude, it's a guitar and it's my voice. Where are you going to pan? What are you panning left and right? And he goes, but Steve, I said, does it sound good? He goes, it sounds really good, but it's just against all of my rules and regulations. And I said, (laughs) let's do it. So my point is, you know, I love. I've got a great distribution company. They get it out to the world, and I'm just going to do stuff like that here and there if it makes sense. And I believe yeah. it. And that moment was magical, yeah. and I wanted to send it out there. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, man. You know, we need
0: to sit down together in a studio. I've been doing some good. I got some songs that I think that you would make better for me, actually. Oh, come I'll on. Pray for your career, by the way. Oh, by I the way, do, man, I pray for your career.
1: Thank you, bro. I need I, I need a lot of prayers, and I take them. I take them with, and I don't take them with a grain of salt, brother. I appreciate that. You and me will get together. But okay, so let's talk. We're talking to Preston Poe. You're in a Mississippi minute. Uh, Preston, we got to talk about your mad culinary skills. You love to cook. But but didn't you go learn how to do it for real?
0: Yeah, I did uh, for two years in Texas and uh, learned a lot, man. And at first, I was really, really bored because. It's just, it's more, they teach you how to blend stuff and how to find flavors and how to, you know, make your own aiolis and stuff like that. And I wasn't really interested in that at first until I figured out that that's what you really needed and that's what sets you apart. Using homemade things rather than going and buying store-bought things and mixing them together. When you can put together your own stuff from scratch to start to finish right and take every step serious you know they teach you stuff in culinary school like season each step you know salt each step do all the stuff stuff that a lot of home cooks don't really know and they'll make a good chicken noodle soup which is super easy to make but then when they eat my chicken noodle soup they're like what the hell happened here (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm like yeah there's a there's a difference in building flavors you know this ain't grandma's soup grandma's soup is good but you know there's chef grandma soup too, but uh, yeah, I just I take a real big passion in it. One day I will have that restaurant, but I love I love I love to cook. You know, just southern good com- comfort food. You know, and anything from fried pork chops down to pickled okra. You know, I'll do it and do it well. And I love to cook for people. Love it, love it. I'm actually going to be doing a lot of competitions here in Texas since I moved back to Texas for full time. They got different cookouts every weekend around oh, the region. Yeah. And uh, I'll be pulling a trailer with a smoker and and uh, getting it going.
1: So you love smoke? You love the art of smoking? Oh, it's an it's art so man. much! It's an I art form, man. So it woods. really
0: is. It, it really is. I always tell people it's not even really cooking meat; it's controlling the fire and keeping it perfect and consistent. That's what I always tell people is. You know, if you're ready to cook, whenever you're learning how to smoke, and you ain't gonna be touching meat for a while, you better be ready to learn how to keep the fire going. That's what I tell people.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, we're rolling in a Mississippi Minute from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. To find my way. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions we are proud to be your local big time bank so when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around let guarantee bank with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years guarantee bank member FDIC.
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Always good to keep Mississippi beautiful. That's what studio we are dwelling in right now. I'm Steve Azar. I am with Preston Poe. Preston, my son, Adrian, is. So he was the kid... When, okay, when Laurie Morgan and Sammy Kershaw opened the hot chicken place in Nashville, there was like four people, five people on the wall to eat the hottest they had, right? And he was oh, probably yeah. seven or eight. And uh, maybe maybe he might have been nine. And then we'd go off to Florida, and i get get uh, with, with friends of ours, and they'd say, hey, we got our meal paid for tonight because Adrian won the the hottest. Uh, <laughs> and and, he, and he's under tw- He was 11, you know, 10 and 11. So I'm going like, you yeah, So he's always been. So he came home. We all love it hot here. I mean, like we, we go deep. Oh yeah! But uh, he uh, said, "Dad, I want to make my own hot sauce, or but I don't want it to be sauce. I want it to be real sauce, like like you know, like you get in the stores." But anyway, so he just made a habanero serrano pepper sauce, and oh, I'm telling God. you, you're gonna flip. You're going to flip. It's incredible. And he added a couple of ingredients. I can't remember what it was that he sort of read about um, that really sort of set it off. And, man, and it's, when it's cold, oh, my gosh, it's so good. But I, I'll bring oh, you some because you'll dig it. Yeah, I mean, it's in our blood, man. I don't know. You know, my mom used to put hot sauce on my mouth when I said a bad word, but but I, t- I told her it made no sense because it only made me love it more.
0: <laughs> I got the old bar of soap. I would have much preferred that. I got the old bar of soap. I got peppers in my garden right now that I'm waiting to, to pick and put in a, in a bottle and get some vinegar and some other things. Yeah. I'm not going to say on the air in there. To do my hot sauce. <laughs> uh, I yeah. love it. I love I love homemade hot sauce. That's the way to go. That's cool that he made that. I'm gonna have to try that, maybe pick his ear a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna bring I'll bring uh I'll bring some to you when you show up. All right, so uh to get your music now or to go mm-hmm. check more out about you, Preston Pole, how do people really sort of get to know okay. you better?
0: Well, I pulled down a lot of stuff because I had a record that was gonna come out with my label, but you know, the guy that was really A and R for it went and left for another label. So they shelved it, but I thing is, my contract is up soon, and I've got a record ready to go that I cannot wait to put out, and it'll be out in the summer. I don't have the exact date yet, but I'm looking about maybe a month and excuse me, a month and a half, two months. And Azar, it's it, what you were talking about earlier about whatever you get humbled and the stuff that comes out. All these, I've, I'm not gonna lie, and all my friends know that I had a rough year with my record not coming out. I got a divorce, right. Right.
1: lost lost
0: my house, all that stuff. So the record that I, you know, I just came home to Texas and said, you know what, I'm going to get me a place in Texas, come home, and I'm going to set up my all my recording equipment and get all pre-production done. And it is just, I've never been so happy about something in my life. I really yeah. have. It's to the point where some of the stuff when I'm recording, i got tears in my eyes. That's never happened to me before, and I'm really, 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 really excited about it. And um, I, you know what, I'll send you some stuff. Sorry, people. But I'll send you some stuff before <laughs> it comes out. Uh, I got to you know, hear I, it. I'm, a, I'm a, I'm going to stick to my word on that. i gotta, I got to do some vocals still yet, but, man, I'll send you one of them today that's already done, but it's just me, you know, and I'm excited about it. Maybe I'll bust some out of Delta Soul. Um, uh, you can do whatever you want YouTube. at
1: Delta Soul. You know that. You've got stages yours. Um,
0: but, yeah, you can check out. Um, just I've got my own Spotify, Preston Pohl, P-O-H-L, and I'll. Um, yep. it'll be on iTunes and Apple Music and SoundCloud. And uh, what's the last one I'm missing here? Oh, YouTube Red. YouTube YouTube, they good. They're right. good. They actually still pay their people. As long as you got ads on your stuff, you know, I still get a check from YouTube. So I like them. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Sound <laughs> but, Exchange, uh,
1: all that's great stuff. It's really good.
0: Yeah, Sound Exchange is awesome. They really take care of their artists, too. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I locked into Sound Exchange, saw all the back checks I didn't get. I said, What? And they yeah. gave it to me right away. Yeah, they I used to come in
1: chunks. It. I was like, What what is Sound Exchange? And and uh and yeah. then I just said, I'm gonna quit asking because they come better than I mean they, they're consistent and they're growing and so it looks yeah, like the man. more content you have online and stuff that you are get, and you're paid as a singer so everybody's got to realize a a, a jingle singer gets paid to do jingles on the radio but yep. but we don't reba mcintyre or who doesn't matter who it's it, you know bruce springsteen we, none of us get paid as singers on the radio you got to write the songs yeah. and have yeah. publishing yeah. it's the strangest thing but uh yeah. with sound exchange online you do get paid as a singer
0: well, some people will do it right. I remember my old band, we, our biggest song, uh, our drummer wrote it And on our radio promotion tour. He wasn't even on it, you know, and it was an acoustic thing. And w- there was three bands on the tour bus, and we did the morning radio show, 6 a.m., whatever town we were in. We had to talk about a new song and play it acoustic live on the radio. And he wasn't even there, and I did that for two months or so. And I didn't have any royalties on it, and he, and he bonused me out at the end of the year because he was like, you're the guy working on it. But you got to find somebody nice like that. <laughs> the sound exchange, they cover it even if you didn't write it. You're right. It's pretty awesome. It is awesome. It's pretty awesome.
1: All right, well, get, your, get yourself packed up and uh, send me some of that music. Uh, thank you so much for taking an entire Mississippi Minute, even though you're in Texas. I know you guys, you guys can slow things down a little bit, too, as well. Uh, Oh, my
0: God, yeah. I'm about to drink me some sweet tea right now and hit
1: the golf course. I love it. All right, brother, I'll see you soon. We've been with Preston Pohl in a Mississippi Minute via Texas. It's all good. Later on. Thank you,
0: Azar. Love
1: you. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. It was all the way back in 1989, my wife and I newly married and I was working on making my mark on the music business. We wanted to build a house, there was only one bank that helped us do that. And while we were trying to find our way around, our friends at Guarantee Bank started on the journey with us and have been there ever since. They were always my connection back home when we lived in Music City. They believed in me. So when you need a financial institution to believe in you, give my family at Guarantee Bank a chance. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. They are proud to be your local big-time bank. Please visit one of their 17 locations and tell them Steve Azar sent you. Guarantee Bank. Member FDIC.